When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rhett had a a solo music project that came out. It became a threat to what we were doing. His solo project was something that might leave you in the dust? Yeah. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. Hello, Rhett. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Link. Hello, Anthony. I invited you on here, you and Rhett, separately. Yeah. As not a duo, as individuals speaking about the duo nature. Because I've never seen you both do an independent interview. I appreciate that. Have you done many interviews like this we've, separately? We've dabbled in it, not much. So today is where we tear you apart and we find out the yeah. truth. How did your duo come to be? So on the first day of first grade, we were both held in from recess for writing nasty words on our desks. Like just directly on the desk with yeah. permanent ink? Uh, I don't remember what it was with, but I'm pretty sure we did it because we've certainly told that story enough that it has to be true. The mythology of it is we were, we were, we were held in from recess and we had to color pictures of mythical beasts. And so then that's why our company was called Mythical eventually. Our fans called themselves Mythical Beasts. We worked Mythical in the title of the show of Good Mythical Morning. There is some legend in that story. So you're saying that it's not entirely well, accurate? It was actually true to our memory, but when we went back and talked to our first grade teacher when we tracked her down many years later, she was like, I would have never punished you in that way. So you're telling me that first graders' memories not not Super reliable. Yeah. So, but it is what we both remember, and it might be it, it might be that it was like an amalgamation of yes, we both got in trouble. Yes, we did color at a different time. But basically, I moved to North Carolina in 1984, mm -hmm. and Link was pretty instantly my best friend. What was it about your dynamic together that made you guys mesh so well? I think it was just being so silly. I mean, I remember like the middle school sleepovers. By the time you can start having the sleepovers, I think Rhett was, Rhett was sleeping around a lot, by the way. Sleeping around? He Yes. You can take anything I say about him completely mm. out of context. Okay. Like put it on TikTok or something. Okay, so, so like, middle school Rhett sleeping around a lot. And we were just so silly. We would just make up voices and talk to each other. <laughs> he had this one voice is like, hey, I've been smoking the rock for 25 years. We knew very little about smoking of the rock. Yeah, we knew that if you smoked the rock. That's what your voice sounds this like. This is what your voice sounded like. And I and we would just cackle. Yeah. You know, the, when you find the same thing funny, the same dumb thing funny that nobody finds funny, right? that's somebody you stick with, right? I remember middle school was the beta club convention. For like beta men? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was for us beta, beta guys. I'm definitely not an alpha. If you made good grades, you got to be in the beta club. Mm -hmm. And then they would bring you together with other kids from these county schools that also made good grades. Mm -hmm. And they would have some kind of convention. And there was some kind of technical issue. The microphone wasn't working or some video that they were going to play wasn't working. And all of a sudden it was just a bunch of students from all these schools staring at a stage. And Link got up in front of everybody and was doing very link things, which is like 
a mix of very, very entertaining, but very, very disorienting and confusing. Mm. And I felt like he needs someone up there to balance him, to bring a little bit of order to this chaos. And I went up there and we did some kind of bit. I don't remember what it was, but it was like the beginning of us being like, hey, I think we might be like, a, we, we can do this. Like we can get in front of people. What do you think it was about that moment that solidified the, the duo nature between you two? Getting a reaction. Mm. I mean, isn't that the case for all of us who do this for a living, who entertain? It's a little narcissistic. Yeah, right? there are over 7 billion thoughts and ideas happening at any given moment, but look at me. Right. Look at us. And you get that reaction as a duo. It's like, oh, there's something, I don't know exactly what it is, but something about the way that we work together and bounce off one another is intoxicating. We actually, you know, we did a blood oath when we were 14. <laughs> did uh, you legitimately? We did. Uh, and this is not a faulty, faulty memory. This is fact. You asked Satan and they were like, yeah. Satan was not involved. Oh. We were very anti-Satan anti at the time. Okay, it was a blood oath with God. Uh, no, God was not involved either. It was just the two of us. Okay. God doesn't have to be involved with a blood oath. <laughs> it wasn't a sacrifice. Sorry, I hear blood oath and I've been I brainwashed mean, by the media. We okay? were good godly boys, good okay. godly Southern boys. But what we did was we took a sharp rock and we cut our hands mm. and we didn't put them together because sanitation. Yeah. We, we put them on a sheet of paper that we wrote on that basically said, we are going to create something together. What were some of the feelings that you felt, you know, when you, you and Link were first getting into creating stuff on the internet, creating YouTube videos and expressing yourself in that way? Were there certain things that you had never felt before that you got to feel in that moment of creating together? The adjustment from only ever having gotten a response from people that were in the same room with you to getting a response from a faceless mass of people on the internet was a very strange thing. I mean, we didn't even start uploading our videos to YouTube. We were putting, putting them on retinlink.com. It was people taking our videos from our website downloading them and then uploading them to YouTube is how we started YouTube. That's how we found out about YouTube yeah. as well. Someone ripped off a video that we had made that we were just hosting on Smosh.com. Back then, if someone would stream a video off of your website, you would have to pay money. Oh yeah, it was crazy. I saw that the bandwidth bill was getting too high. I did a search on YouTube, found that someone had ripped it and put it on YouTube. That's how popular it had been. It and like it got more views site. on YouTube. And it was getting more views there. So I was like, oh, that's a free place to hold, to host your And maybe video. eventually to make money, but nobody was thinking that. That was we not even a concept. We didn't know that that was That even wasn't thing. even a concept right. when you guys started, yeah. right? No, it wasn't. But I would say that was the biggest thing was seeing a response from the internet, but also at the same time, looking over at, who are these, who are these guys over in California that have 60,000 subscribers? Was that Smosh? Yes. <laughs> How many do you have now? Which channel? <laughs> it seems like everything that you had done in your life leading up to the point where you started making videos and leading up to today, it seems like it just felt like a natural progression on the previous thing that you had done. We benefited from the fact that we were a little bit older. But when we started YouTube, we were already married. We each had a kid. I had two. We were making those relationships work. We were we had to be complete grown-ups. We were dedicated to making our marriages work. We were dedicated to being fathers. And nothing that I've experienced has made me feel more inadequate than, than being a dad. Rhett and I both benefited from that. And then when we started our business, when we really tried to figure out how do we get sponsors to believe in us making videos? 
And we're like cold calling people who sold cornhole equipment on the internet so mm -hmm. that we could convince them, hey, we're gonna write a song about cornhole because you know people love cornhole. Mm -hmm. When we're trying to make this into a business, it's analogous to marriage in that like marriage for me was like a life is like a lifelong commitment. And I felt like this was our this is our creative career dream was to make something big together. I feel like we've had like eight careers because of, we find a thing that works and you can trace it back. Okay, before Good Mythical Morning, we had a television show on IFC that was because of a series of local commercials that we had done back in North Carolina. And before that, we were just doing other sponsorship videos that was, we were doing more sketches and musical comedy. But you see how everything that worked led to the next thing that worked. But the thing you tend to forget is like, all of the, like those are like the bricks. And then you've got this cement that's holding everything together. That's all of the stuff that didn't work. Entertainment's kind of a ticking clock. You, you know, you're, you're only as good as your last hit. We just have that mentality that like, unless we continue to do things that we're engaged with, that engage our audience, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna diminish over time. People are gonna lose interest. Just because you give everything, you give it everything you got and you grind and you believe in yourself and you take your losses as wins and they inform you, it's still no guarantee that you're gonna uh, end up where we have, honestly. When you and Rhett announced that you were launching Good Mythical Morning, I thought you were crazy. Cause I was like five episodes a week yeah. of this show every single day, you know, <laughs> coming from the perspective of Smosh videos where we were right. having the toughest time churning out like two videos a week. Yeah. And here you are gonna be pumping out five. I was like, that's gonna kill their Rhett and Link channel. That's the the heart of their creativity. The, <laughs> you know, the source of everything. You, I'm glad you cared enough to think about it back then. <laughs> well, I just- Cause I, I didn't know how many people knew about it. Cause it wasn't like it blew up. You had the foresight to know that this is kind of the direction that, that YouTube is going with the type of content they reward. We, did, I, we didn't see it as going all in on it. We definitely saw it as a side project. We were just like, well, if we can do anything, it's talk to each other. We didn't know how hard it was gonna be. Some days we wouldn't do it. We'd be like, okay, well, we've got, we've got an extra one. Or let's go to lunch and come back and try again. Mm. You know? And it's like, well, let, if we, when we're feeling good, let's see if we can bank two. So that was like the first year or so, like figuring that out. They're like, oh, this is, this is hard. We have to figure out how to make this easier on ourselves. And that's when like hiring more people, formatting of the show starts to come in. And then it, things work better and they, they take less out of us. So in the dynamic between you and Link, what do you think it is that you bring and what do you think it is that he brings that allows you both to come together in a way where it feels like you both complete each other or balance each other out? Well, the way that we've traditionally described it, and I think that this is generally true, is that I tend to be the one that may be pushing us towards a new idea, a new initiative or whatever, getting very excited about something that needs to start. Mm -hmm. And Link is the one that once something has started, is making sure that we finish it well. I think the other thing that I've really learned as we've done Good Mythical Morning and where we're just being ourselves, Link brings the chaos, the unpredictability, the spontaneity, right? The thing that makes Link so uh, funny and fun to watch is you just never can anticipate what he's gonna do or say. And it's the, it's how weird it gets sometimes, <laughs> which is the thing that makes him 
really reliably entertaining, right? Mm. And a lot of that, very, and actually very little of that, is something that he thought about ahead of time. And I think that one of the really awesome things about the new content on the Red Link channel is that because we're mixing things, it's not a fully scripted thing, mm. and it's not a fully unscripted thing. It's thought out to a certain degree, but then we're kind of living in these you know, spontaneous moments. We're actually able to both bring the things that we do the best mm. to that final product in a way that I think a lot of times we might just choose one or the other. What do you think is the biggest thing that being able to express yourself in this way has, has brought you? There's almost a spiritual element to it. Oh yeah? The two of us grew up really uh, very, very Christian, conservative, evangelical Christian, uh, did full-time work in ministry for a while. Uh, and then in different ways, because we're different people, we both slowly and sort of painstakingly left that world behind. I consider myself an agnostic at this point because I just feel like there's a lot of things that you can't know, you know, and I'm not going to try to say that you can definitively it is know impossible what to happens know. after you die, who was right about this. Or there's whatever. more that we do not know than we do right. know. But that doesn't mean I don't have a spiritual life, right? Mm. And I think that when I was a Christian, I kind of thought my creativity was this way to uh, kind of do something with a gift that God had given me to honor God. And so that was a spiritual thing in that sense. But it wasn't that within the creativity itself, within a creatively expressing something, that that was an inherently spiritual thing mm -hmm. because it connects with somebody kind of on a heart level, just simply opening yourself up to the creative possibilities and just creating something for the sake of creating. I can't think of anything more spiritual than that. Have there been any hardships that you feel, you know, you kind of had to learn the hard way as a duo that you would potentially share? So Ian and I don't have to learn the hard way. Last year, I did something that We've never, neither of us have ever done. I did some solo, solo music, right? Solo project, yeah. And, you know, because it happened in such an unplanned way, it was, all, the momentum of it was already such that by the time I talked to Link about, hey, I think I'm going to do this, it was already kind of happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it was clear that, like, I had said, I want to do this. Did it make you nervous letting him know that you want to do a solo project in the idea well, that... Well, yeah. And we and and I think that we had some really good... Well, we did what we always do in one sense. We talked about it on the podcast and kind of processed, processed it in real time, which isn't necessarily... Helped with an audience. ...to do it with an audience. <laughs> but we talked about it a lot more off camera. Well, I've actually found that surprisingly turning that kind of conversation into something that is lighthearted in front of the camera makes it kind of easier to access, kind of easier to to talk about in a fun way. And then you could have the serious talk afterwards. That's what I it found. Do, it does end. help sometimes. The lesson that I learned in that is that the moment that I have something that could be perceived as a threat to what me and Link have, I have to communicate that and I have to get ahead of it, right? And We're, also think about like, how will this be perceived by him? Because I mean, we talked about this publicly, but like, you know, there were times when he, that he could not perceive this as anything other than a threat to what we were doing. Even though in my mind the whole time, it was like, I know that this isn't something that I want to become my main thing. This is a, this is a side thing that I'm only able to do because of the thing that I have with Link. Well, and it's different with you guys because you've kind of been doing your own thing and now you're coming back to do this thing that you shared 
Yeah. And you're going to keep doing this. You're going to keep doing your sort of the Anthony stuff, right? And yeah. then you've got the Smosh stuff. So I, I think the moment that you're like, okay, well, this thing that I'm doing will impact this other thing that will impact Ian. It's like talking about it before it becomes something that's got momentum. The cool thing is on the tail end of that, of me doing the James and the Shame stuff, is that that really gave Link some motivation to go out and do his Elkhound Snuggle Baby DJ thing. Which he does is, a DJ thing? He's Elkhound Snuggle Baby. Elkhound parentheses Snuggle Baby, close parentheses. I'm gonna have to have a conversation um, with him about that one. We both have needs. It's just a question of like expressing our needs in a way that you, you give the person room to respond instead of allowing something that you're upset about to, to fester as a story against your friend yeah. that then they're overcome, they have to overcome something that's not even true. Right, you thought it that his, his solo project was something that might leave you in the dust or? Yeah, um, I guess so. If I had to do it again, I would have brought up my perspective earlier and we could have talked through it, but mm. instead I sat on it. My role in this relationship is to represent myself and my needs and then see how the other person responds. And that's also their responsibility. And it's not the other person's responsibility to read minds. And mm. I mean, you should be sensitive and caring to the other person, but you, can't, you, you know, you're not them. His response demonstrated that he cared just as much about me and our friendship as I did, but that doesn't mean he has the same feelings about it or that right. he has the same needs that I have. But having a res an empathetic response, it's amazing how much of it without even having a solution in place or changing anything, it was amazing how much changed just by hearing each other. Because you can build stories in your head that become your reality. In a sense, when you build these stories in your head for long enough, they become your reality. You inadvertently make them your reality. Oh yeah. When you start saying, oh, maybe they don't care about this thing. Maybe they don't care about me that much. You start inadvertently maybe distancing yourself or not putting as much effort into the work. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in that sense. Sometimes just airing it out in like a, a in a controlled way, <laughs> mm. it can it can circumvent so much, so much pain. It is just so hard though, because it's not just the way you're feeling about what you're creating. It's so many other things that you can't anticipate as well. Even down to, I don't know if this is true for you, but it's, at one point I would, in the process of reading comments, hold on to some of them. Not on purpose, but you know, the sure. ones comparing us, the ones saying, I wasn't this, he, Ian's this, you're not this, he's this, you're, right. you know, and it's like, I started to build these ideas in my head that were in some ways pitting us against each other. Yeah. And I started to just hold on to these things and I felt like I could never talk about them because they were, it's like I knew that they were petty and stupid, but I couldn't help but have them kind of just fester in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like that was just one of the ways that the relationship started to get poisoned. Obviously there were a lot of other things, but even the the public reception and thought about the two of us and our dynamics started to poison the relationship. Did you ever experience anything like that? It's human nature for commenters to compare and contrast, you know, and have a favorite. Don't you have a favorite BTS member? Uh, no, I, I, I have do. a bias. They're oh. not my favorite. Okay. Bias. bias. Mm -hmm. I, w I was taught that at one point and I forgot the term. Thank you. Ever since the beginning, I've had this kind of like, and he, this sidekick uh, uh, chip on my shoulder. 
About how you're just like just a sidekick? Yeah, because that's really how it started. He was he's very skilled at those things that in a, in a live environment, he was much more skilled. Like even when you look back at the first videos that we would put out, and probably even at the beginning of Good Mythical Morning, like the way that I talked, like I talked a lot quieter, and I was like, mm. there was just not, I just didn't have the confidence mm. that I have now. I still think there's times when I struggle to own my strengths. Like for me, just trusting my instincts in the moment, like not planning. Like the more that I try to plan something, um, the more it just gets clunky. There's a high degree of me falling on my face if I try too hard. And then I have a growing success rate of just flying by the seat of my pants. And then when you do so many episodes of Good Mythical Morning, it's just kind of like you get to a point where you just have to go with it. You just have to trust yourself? Yeah, yeah it's like there's there's another one and there's another one. And don't beat yourself up if, if, if you don't love it. You know, I'm a perfectionist. I can really get in my head about analyzing everything. Mm -hmm. But when there's one tomorrow and there's one the next day and there's one the next day, it's like you, it, it forced me to just move on and improve. It took me leaving the, the, the friendship and the, the brand that we had created, I think in order for me to find that out. But I also got to the point where, you know, with this show, for example, I'm doing this show on top of also doing Smosh. The only way that I was able to get that to happen is by getting this show to a point where I cannot overthink it. I just have to go in there, I have That's to show it. up, I have to trust myself. Right. And in doing that, the content itself, the conversations and the, the takeaways that I have has been so much stronger as well. So the entire show improved with me being more confident to not feel like I have to over prepare every single moment like I used to. And in reconnecting with Ian, I've been able to take that confidence and now I don't compare myself at all. I'm able to see his strengths, I'm able to see my strengths, I'm able to see where we mesh so well together and why that duo works so well. It sounds like you kind of did a similar thing yeah. with Rhett. You never get to a point where you don't have to talk through things, whether it's like the personal stuff or the, the craft stuff, like getting better at our, our craft. Well, when you fly by the seat of your pants in this way, it put me in this position. It's like, oh, I backed you into a corner where you were the butt of the joke and I didn't even realize, mm -hmm. you know? That's a tough conversation to have. Mm -hmm. So it's like, as, as we're evolving as performers, these things continue to come up. Before we go, I, I wanna just say to you directly that you changed my life. And I'm sure you knew that to some degree, but I never said it to you. You, you coming in, you and Rhett buying Smosh and fostering it and allowing it to continue to grow and thrive in the past six years as I've had to take a step away and disastrous things were very likely going to happen to Smosh if it weren't for you two coming in. Because of you, I'm able to now come back and continue along the path that feels like it is where I'm supposed to be. So thank you. You're welcome. I'm so glad that we were able to do it. The fact that you've had the journey that you've had, that you've been, that you made that bold decision to leave, knowing that basically that, that was it. Like, I can't imagine how difficult that was because I, I, we did we never made that decision, you know? It's like, yeah, I sent the email. It was like, if this continues, I can't keep doing this. I could, I could see a world where I would have, maybe I would have made that decision. I'm glad I didn't have to, but I'm glad that, I'm glad that you did and that it still worked out for you to come back.
It needed to happen. It's for not. Me. It needed to happen for you. It's such a pressure cooker. This whole thing can just chew you up and spit you out. And you got to listen. You got to listen to yourself, and you got to you got to take care of yourself. Yes, we own Smosh, but like, in my heart of hearts, I never felt like Smosh was ours. Right. You know, um, Smosh was Ian's. Smosh used to be yours and Ian's, mm -hmm. and it was successful. The stuff that we knew that we could do to help set reset Smosh up, was like, all right, we're gonna do that, and we're just we don't want to do what we what we didn't wouldn't want someone to do to us. Right. Which is come in and say, do it this way. There's no business deal that we've been a part of on either side that felt anything like this. Yeah. And it was so, it, it was so rewarding to to want the same things and. Yeah, you. I mean, the 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 business of it all got worked out, and I, I I'm I'm so happy. Even right from the beginning, I mean, I remember right after like in our first conversation with Ian, we were like, "What can we do to get Anthony to come back?" Really? <laughs> you guys were talking about that from the beginning? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we always had in our in our minds. Ian didn't talk about it. We didn't know is it anything going on with you guys or yeah, like what the status of it was, stuff, yeah, or where you were at with what you thought about things. We just always had this sort of instinctive pull for you guys to be together. We're very sympathetic to internet comedy duos. Yeah. And the idea of you guys being together and creating was just something that we always believed in, but we weren't gonna push it. We would ask questions about it, but we weren't gonna push it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think eventually we were like, well, whatever, is good. whatever happens, happens. I believe in what you're doing. And so I wanna make some money off of that, <laughs> but just as important, I just thought, you know, I was glad to be able to stand in front of the Smosh team when we were making the announcement and say, we're still investing in this because we believe in what you're going to do. Yeah. You know? It's very um, nice to have you backing us up with that. But you got to, you better come through, man, for my, hey, we'll, for my little piece. We'll come, come through, through, okay? You'll come out billionaires, <laughs> okay? Just passively, we're just... We're just your number one fans. I just want to say thank you. You're for, welcome, For man. making that happen and for for believing in us. If the shoe was on the other foot, we would, we'd we'd hope that you do the same thing. Absolutely. I mean, just to see the response already with the way. Yeah, I'm glad we're shooting this after it's been announced. Yeah, the right. The response has been very, very good. Yeah, and I mean, listen, I, I again, we, I knew it would be. Like everything that's already working the things that ways people are connecting with Smosh is going to continue to happen, but now it's like this incredible homecoming on top of all that. Yeah, it feels reinvigorated. Yeah, and it feels like we're able to elevate all the things that Smosh has been doing really, really well under your wing, and we're able to fill it with this entirely new energy that elevates certain other elements and elevates the entire brand. Yeah. So I'm excited. We're very, very excited. So thank you for making that initial deal happen, for being open to us owning it again, because you owned it. You could have just said, nah, <laughs> this is ours. If you want any part of this, you're gonna have to become, you know, part of the thing that's already ours. Well, here's the thing, man. We've always said that in our dealings with other creators and just with anything, you know, involving the creator economy, we wanna do it in a way that we as creators 10 years ago would have said yes to, would have known that this person has our best interest in mind. And so there's no way that we could say no to you. We're gonna, own, the only way you can be involved is if we own it. Yeah. 
that's not a creator-friendly mindset. Right. That's a, that's a business-first, money-first mindset. Huge thank you to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spendings, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. As you may have found out from this episode and the transaction that I had with Rent and Link, I am very, very good with managing my money. For example, I just found out that I've been subscribed to multiple things over the past eight years that have put me out $5,000. But don't worry, I'm not alone. Most Americans are just as stupid as me, and they think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, when in reality, it is closer to $200. Rocket Money shows all your subscriptions in one place and it cancels anything you don't want for you. It can even find subscriptions that you didn't know you were paying for. Like, yes, I did just find out that I was being double charged for Spotify for multiple years. I'm fine. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. That's rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. And in case you didn't hear me the first two times, that is rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. Now back to the world of Red and Link. I want to talk about your guys' dynamic because each of you brings something very special that kind of balances yeah. balances each other out. Link kind of just has a bunch of ideas. He's a little bit of chaos and you're able to kind of put it in order. And also, was it that you aren't necessarily able to fully see an idea fully play out? You just get really excited about this thing, then this thing, and this thing, and then Link comes in and is able to be like, hey, let's finish this thing. Let's put the cherry yeah. on top and let's package this up. That's that, that's a general dynamic with the things that are more, the things that we create together. Mm -hmm. And then there's a dynamic of us sort of interacting with each other, which, so like GMM is that place. GMM mm -hmm. is where we're being ourselves and sort of over the years we've sort of figured out what is the, what is the dynamic here and then when we work together it's a slightly different dynamic right mm -hmm. um and that's what yeah i was saying that yeah. you were uh in the embodiment of chaos like the leviathan from the from ancient literature oh yeah mm -hmm. I, I like that who god killed to create the, the world <clears throat> really yeah mm. so he's a sacrifice i'll own chaos i think that's me leaning into flying by the seat of my pants mm -hmm. and then uh, yeah i'll say he's a starter and i'm a finisher and um, that doesn't apply to our love lives. Okay, okay. I'm still going. <laughs> uh, I'm just I gonna never, let that. I'm gonna let that moment. Just... I never finish. <laughs> I've been finishing a decade. Link, we, Link we, both, we both start and we both finish independently. Yeah, that's true. But the reason I wanted to separate you two is because I did want to get a peek into each of your minds as individuals because the entire internet is used to seeing you as a duo. Yeah. So it is really cool to see what you're like as individuals and then see how the dynamic is elevated when both of you do get in the same room or sit on the same chair. Yeah. Are well, both of your ass cheeks on? Uh, one full one, one half one. Okay. I'm fully on. Your whole ass is on this chair? Yeah. But he's also smaller. Yep. He was an only child, so his whole ass has got to be on the seat. Right. You're okay I'm, with sharing. I'm used to sharing, having half an ass cheek hanging off of stuff. Because I grew up with a brother. I was used to being the center of attention. I think I was always duo material. Like you think that you would work better as a duo yeah. than a yeah. solo? It, it kind of uh, threw you for a loop when, when Rhett was like, I'm thinking about doing the solo thing. And that kind of threatened you because you have seen yourself as, yeah. you know, an individual in a duo dynamic for so long. I think it was more about the conversations that we wish we would have had on the front end of it. That's exactly how I characterized it when I was alone. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. That is true, that is true. Yeah, I think that was, there was a lot of perceived hurt on my part that he wasn't actually putting out into the world. It's like, you can be hurt by something 
inadvertently, you know? Definitely not. I, I knew he wasn't doing anything to hurt me. In, like intentionally. Intentionally. Uh, so, yeah, it happened unintentionally, but it was more about just not getting on the same page. The reason that we should have talked about it and I should have initiated that conversation earlier is because I think that um, it would have contextualized it properly, right? Because I was never thinking of it as something that was like, well, this is gonna be this big piece of my entertainment pie. Mm -hmm. Or like, I'm adding this thing to uh, this plate yeah. that's already full with him. It was very much like, I didn't plan on doing this. It kind of started happening. Now it's a thing. I'm gonna fit it in on the weekends mm -hmm. and the nights or whatever, you know? So, but it was already beyond, it was already in, motion by the time we had that conversation and he had formed thoughts about it mm. right so it was the kind of thing i think that's where the communication comes in because you can uh actually express what it means to you and what it doesn't mean to you right so right. there's no there's no conjecture about it yeah it needs to be said and that's something that we both you know ian and i have both learned the hard way is that as a duo uh that, that started with a genuine friendship where the best stuff that we make only really happens when our our real friendship outside of work is at its strongest. Yeah. We've learned the hard way that you need to kind of break through that short-term discomfort in order to circumvent that long-term suffering that you will experience otherwise. You have to be able to experience that short-term discomfort and be willing to, to to feel that over and over again because it's it's it, it gets easy too when it becomes a rhythm. You yeah. start to know that it's okay, that you'll get through it. And, right. and that's when Friendships, I think, bond in a, a stronger way or any kind of relationship. Yeah, I've had to learn that we don't have to feel the same feelings. We don't have to have the same needs um, in order to be a, a dynamic duo. We have to care about the other person's needs, feelings, and we have to be willing to stop and listen. I find it really inspiring just, um, you know, your, your openness with one another in communicating and, and reaffirming that your friendship and the respect that you have for one another is at the top of your priority list. And I, from the outside, I could say that's, it looks like that's why you have been able to continue doing what you've been doing for so long and why you've found so much success in it because the, the friendship, the core friendship, it really is there at the foundation. Yeah, it is. And I believe you've recaptured it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying my best. Too. I'm trying my best. I, Call I feel us. it. Did you guys purposely wear the exact same? I purposely uh, top? wore. I purposely wore this and left the studio before you did. So you and saw was what like, he was wearing. I'm wearing a jacket with a white t-shirt, and then you show up with a jacket and a white t-shirt. Yeah, pretty pretty cool, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you, you did that to celebrate the duo. Yeah, isn't it cool? <laughs> White t-shirt. Oh, I got a little stain on my shirt. Do you have a stain on you? Yeah, you deserve it. Link is into it, right? Not so much. If we had to plan, if we had planned, right. first of all, I would not have suggested we plan this. And you have the same, it's the same amount of ankle showing too. So there, there's a yeah. bit of a duo dynamic. That was, that was right. planned. We discussed oh, that. that. Was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got more inches than you. <laughs> you got more inches in many ways than him. I just felt like when you walked in with a chore coat, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. Chore coat's kind of my thing. Well, I've got lots of jackets just like this. No, you don't. That's the only one. I have six jackets like this. It's kind of my thing. What about my yellow one? My red one? My navy Those are one? Those shackets. My... Oh, you Not a chore coat. Very different than a shacket. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you and have some googling to do after this.